Welcome back into week eight of the Fall 2022 Curriculum Podcast. We are continuing to roll through the Sermon on the Mount. My name is Landon. I'm here with Aubrey. Yo. Back for a second round. We are diving into the second half of Matthew 6 today. Aubrey, would you just give us a little context for where we were last week and then what we're hopping into today? Yeah. So last week, our boy Reese Matthews did a little Electio Divina prayer time. And then this week, we are going to be covering Matthew 6, 19 through 34. And the title of it in Stott's devotional is A Christian's Ambition. And Jesus is speaking on who we truly serve, the importance of what we take in with our eyes and our worries. We're all going to be reading this super slow, reading it again and again, just being really attentive to what the Spirit has to say because we've, we're like the Divina experts now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cool. So as you were diving into this back half of Matthew six, what really stuck out? What did you want to highlight for, for students this week? Yeah. So Matthew six twenty four has always been one of my favorites in scripture and I'll just read it again. It says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So when I read that, I'm like, okay, when our love is divided, we're not devoted. We're not truly devoted to anything. Um, and it just like really cuts deep and deeply burdens me to see those who would call themselves a follower of Christ, but the extent of their following stops at just simply believing that Jesus existed or Jesus was just like this good guy. And as a product of this, I think it's very easy for an idol to creep up in their lives because they never actually fell in love with the person of Jesus. Mm. Um, and Landon, I know you love some Francis Chan. One of my <laughs> favorite Francis Chan quotes is, uh, something is wrong when our lives make sense to unbelievers. Mm. I like that. Um, yeah. So when we know Jesus, like our relationship with him, like that should completely change everything in our lives and that should transform us. Um, so yeah, I just think this is a really really crucial passage. I know this was a huge, um, a huge scripture in my life when I was coming to faith because I definitely had a story of like trying to be half in and half out. So I just really love this part of scripture. Yeah, for sure. I think that a whole lot of, maybe even the theme of, of these podcasts that we've been doing this semester is talking about how the, the kingdom of heaven looks a lot different than the kingdom of the world and different kingdoms value different things. And I think that Jesus is highlighting Like you need to value the things that are of my kingdom and not the things that are of the kingdom of the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, So how do we see this passage connecting to campus? What does this um, passage have to say to college students specifically? Yeah, I mean, so many ways. Um, I think that worldly distractions, especially on a college campus, are just like always fighting for your attention. Um, I think that on campus, like it's really easy to fall into that kind of like self-care culture where you're only uplifting yourself and the achievements that you acquire or um, the grades that you get or the status you have. I mean, it goes on and on, but um, the apostle Paul speaks on this in Galatians 5, like right before he talks about the fruits of the spirit. And he says, the acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. 
And I like so vividly remember reading this for the first time because like you read like, you know, orgies or witchcraft and you're like, okay, duh, like I'm not, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to be doing those things. But you read Selfish Ambition and you're like, oh, wait a second. Like that's, at least for me personally, that's something that um, I was very guilty of falling into. Um, So I think that it's just really important to note that like, our ambition should aim to bring glory to God, not ourselves. Yeah. I think that, I don't know. I think you can even read it and be like, well, I'm not like intentionally trying to do bad things. I'm not a bad person per se, but I think that in some ways, if we just like go along with like the, the ebb and flow of our culture that we're just naturally going to kind of value ourselves and chase after money and kind of value the things that the world values. And so I don't think it's even like I'm intentionally setting my, you know, my sights on doing like things that are selfish, but that's just kind of the, I'm just kind of going, if you're just going with the flow, I feel like mm-hmm. that's kind of where you can, can end up if you're not like being intentional about it. Yeah. 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 I also want to touch on like the latter part of this passage where Jesus is speaking on worry and Lynn and I were laughing before this cause we're like, Oh man, like anxiety and worry. Like that's such a prevalent thing, um, in our culture. And I think that, with this portion and literally any time Jesus speaks, um, it's so helpful to reflect on Jesus's life on earth um, and his trust in the Father. And when I was just thinking about this, I was like, man, Jesus is the most trustworthy and empathetic person to ever live because mm-hmm. he lived his words out in perfection, but that doesn't mean that he wasn't tempted. And so... Like, thinking about Jesus fasting for 40 days, like, that is bonkers. But, like, he was tempted by the devil, you know, Um, but he didn't give in. And so Jesus deeply knows our temptation to worry about clothes and food and, you know, everything else. But he knows how worth it it is to direct our our gaze to the Father and not on these things that are just going to make our minds run rampant. Yeah. Yeah, I even think about the three practices that Derek highlighted for us in week six of giving, praying, and fasting, and how all three of those just highlight our dependency on the Father. And I think that so much of the anxiety and worry that is so relevant to the college campus is built on this lie that you have to be Mm -hmm. self-sufficient, that you have to provide for all of your own needs. And I think that there's so much freedom in being able to say, to be be reminded, I mean, I even just love how this passage is laid out. It's like, you know, your heavenly father takes care of, you know, the grass of the field, which is here one day and gone tomorrow. Mm. Uh, How much more will I take care of you? And it's like, when you read this stuff, it's like, duh. But like, if you're not Mm. like, it's, it's almost like this is one of those scriptures where like, heck, like if there's a student who's listening to this and like, you know, like anxiety is a struggle of yours. Like, you know, I think that we feel like you, you know, you have to like be reading through something like I'm reading through Matthew or I'm reading through Isaiah, but like you can camp out in a passage Mm -hmm. for uh, a long period of time, or even just with the tool that Reese gave us last week of Lectio Divina. Like, I feel like this would just be such a good one to like just camp out in and allow Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit to really speak uh, into us. And I even just love the like day at a time mentality of like, therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Yeah. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And, um, it's just so easy to fall into that. of just always thinking about whatever the next thing is. And, um, but the way of like the Lord's prayer is just say, give us today our daily bread mm-hmm. and just take it day by day and trust that, um, the Lord is enough. Yeah. So, uh, cool. So thinking about discussion, um, of this scripture, are there any maybe red flags that we need to be um, on guard against. Yeah. 
I think that one that came to mind for me was um, just knowing that Jesus warning against worry does not mean we are to live carelessly. Like that doesn't mean we can just ignore what Jesus teaches us. Like that would not be biblical in any way. Um, But we just need to ensure that we are relying on the Lord when these trials do inevitably come our way. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's good. Uh, And then moving out of this week, what would be maybe a good takeaway or like practical application out of this scripture? Yeah. Uh, I would say to um, just process and pray with the Lord um, and ask him like what may be tearing your attention away from him. Um, I think that we need to recognize too that like the thing that we may be idolizing may even be a good thing, like a friendship or a job. Like it doesn't have to be this super obvious evil. Um, it can be something that's a little more sneaky, you know, um, but anything that we're elevating above the Lord, you know, that becomes a dangerous thing. And so um, just asking the Lord to realign our hearts and prioritize him. Yeah. I feel like even just the, the practice of taking a, just like a spiritual inventory and laying out your schedule for the week. Cause I feel like so much of, you know, where your heart is, where your treasure is, what you're worried about, um, is all kind of revealed in how you spend your time. Yeah. Um, James K. A. Smith has this book called you are what you love, which I think lays that out so well of like your actions and, um, what you value, you know, with your time really shows where your heart is and what you love. And I think that that could just be a good exercise to say, you know, am, am I, does my time, say that I am in love with Jesus and focus on the things of his kingdom, or does it say that I'm in love with the things of the world and said after that, and that even goes back to like that Francis Chan quote of like, can I look at my normal week and does it display like, man, this person loves the Lord or does it look like, well, yeah, this is just like the schedule of any typical college student who's set after, you know, the things of the world or just kind of whatever uh, the typical college experience looks like. Mm-hmm. So. Well, cool. Excited for you guys to dive into that. Aubrey, thank you for um, your work here unpacking this for us. And we hope you guys have a great week of group, and we will see you next time.